Coming up on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Uh, the lyrics go thus. Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I take it this means that there are prostitutes in the um, establishment. Yeah, so when you... Um, <laughs> it's kind of... Say- Well, I'm sure you're wondering what in the name of God is going on there with the great Pat Kenny. Well, you don't have long to wait because the full sketch is coming up in just a few minutes' time. During my interview with this week's guest, the wonderfully talented, my colleague, Pamela Joyce, we know her as Pam, uh, off the radio on Today FM, my colleague on Today FM, coming up in a few minutes. And by the way, that Pat Kenny sketch is just one of five brand new and exclusive sketches that we have for you in this week's episode. Because when I get into the studio with someone like Pamela, you know, we just have the crack. She can do a range of impressions. She can also hold her own in the comedy improv front. And there's so much potential for the two of us to come up with some little scenarios together involving celebrities like Adele and Louis Walsh and Kim Kardashian and Miriam O'Callaghan and Kylie and Leo and Martin King and Nigella Lawson and all those people. So um, Pamela does some great female characters and we had a ball doing it. So all of these sketches are dotted throughout my chat um, with Pam. And uh, listen, we had a great chat. Because she was Paris Hilton's stylist. And uh, she did this sex tape and it was published and she kind of just said, you know what, rather than hide and cower in the background, I'm going to make a flipping business out of this. And she has, and she's probably the most famous person in the world at the moment, I would say. And I was like, I can't say sex on the radio. I can't say sexual satisfaction on the radio. I can't say orgasm on the radio because, you know, I'll be a harlot. I can't. It's awful. Yet you've said them all on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Yeah, it was you, Mario. You know, you're different. It's fine. You're one of the cool kids. There'd just be like, you know, I'm in the middle of a show doing my job and a text will come in and be like, God, just Googled you. Would love to take you on a date. Let's go for a coffee. Are you serious? And like, I'm just trying Does to do, I don't think Matt Cooper Ian Dempsey gets these. Do you know what I mean? They do not. No. So it's just like, I'm just trying to do my job. There's some whores in this house. Some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I said certified freak. <laughs> That was incredible. I could never listen to that song the same ever again. (laughs) Pamela is a rapidly rising star in the world of radio um, and comedy. And she has a lot to say about a lot of things. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, But just before we get there, I want to give you the chance to win a very, 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 very fancy and a very, very big HD TV. Thanks to our friends at Curry's who support the Mario Rosenstock podcast and have been since its beginning. I have a 58-inch, not a 45, not a 50, not a 55, a 58-inch Samsung Smart 4K Ultra HD TV. Wow. To give to one of you, one lucky listener. The competition is to mark the Curry's Black Tag Sale. So... This is their Black Friday promotion and includes great deals on everything from home appliances to computing to electronics. The Black Tag Sale is on now. So get yourself down to the nearest Currys to bag what I know will be a great bargain because I don't think they'll be beaten on price either. If you want to be in with a chance of winning this, frankly, mahusive TV and state-of-the-art television, firstly, make sure you have room in your TV room for that TV. Get out the measuring tape. Check it. What a disappointment it would be if this huge TV couldn't even get through your door. <laughs> and secondly, answer the following question. I'd nearly do a Dahi O'Shea voice for this. Name the Curry's PC World Black Friday promotion. Is it Black Tag Sale, Red Tag Sale or Blue Tag Sale? So send in that question, answer to me. Is it the Curry's um, PC World Black Friday promotion? Is it Black Tag Sale, Red Tag Sale, Blue Tag Sale? Now... To enter this draw, all you have to do is email your answer and your full name to an email address. It is Mario Rosenstock Podcast at gmail.com. Mario Rosenstock Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can send your answer and full name via WhatsApp to our podcast hotline 087 268 5459. 087 268 5459. 
All of these details will also be in the show notes for the episode. So after you review and give us a great rating, five out of five, maybe make a comment uh, and some suggestions, you can give us, um, you can have a look and you'll see all the details there. We put all the right answers into a hat and randomly draw a name at the end of November. So get your entries in and the very best of luck to you. So let's get to the chat with my special guest on this episode, Pam Joyce. There are five different little comedy sketches during this conversation. As you might expect, when you have guests like rapper Cardi B popping up, there is some adult humour and choice words. So a lot of this interview is not for young ears. Anyway, enjoy the show. So I'm always fascinated by people that do characters and why they do characters and what makes them do characters in the first place. And that's why I asked my next guest onto the Mario Rosenstock podcast. And it's my colleague in Today FM, Pamela Joyce. Pamela, how are you? I'm wonderful, Mario. Thank you very, very much for having me. No, I'm delighted to have you. And um, I suppose in, with, with the powers that be, you'd be seen as a kind of an up and coming star within the, the, the Today FM sort of framework, as in, um, I suppose you, you started and uh, when, when did you start here? I started in Today FM June 2018 mm. as a researcher and then I... Who were you researching on? I started on lunchtime and then I did a bit of Dermot and Dave and then I did, I think I did a week on Ian's show and Charlie was like, no, she's crap. <laughs> Get rid of her, she's not coming back for yeah. a while. And uh, then I kind of bullied my way on air. I said, you know what, that uh, early breakfast maternity slot is mine. Once Paula went on her maternity slot and I didn't really give them a chance. And I just never left. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've been so you've been knocking around the Today FM for about three years. Mm. Oh, I feel it's a bit, it feels like a bit longer. Um, and I kind of noticed you when you, it became apparent because when you were on Dermot and Dave that you used to do some, you know, female characters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was really interesting because... Um, a few of your female characters, you know, they kind of ta- they've they've taken off, and you obviously love doing it. Mm. And uh, now I wouldn't class you as an impressionist, no, or even a comedian per se, no. But you're you're good at impressions, and you like some characters, and you like being funny, yeah, and you like that vibe. I do, yeah. But you're ostensibly a presenter, yeah, for sure. But I, I've always kind of liked entertaining, and I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be an entertainer. Uh, I thought I was going to be an actor tried to do it in college my parents were like absolutely not you were doing a proper degree as they say so they said right we'll meet you in the middle I did theatre with Irish and Spanish in NUIG I wanted to move to Dublin and do a full drama course in Trinity Mm. and they weren't willing to take the risk and thank God they didn't because I'm not terribly good at acting stage acting I'm terrible at Uh, and I'm grand at doing characters rather than impressions I prefer making up my own characters uh, because I wouldn't class myself as an impressionist either Mm. but accents I can do um I'm, I think I'm moderately okay at kind of reading people and building characters out of other people that I know and kind of meshing them Are into one person. Are you a people watcher? Oh God, yeah. yeah. Love it all day, every day. Yeah. So that's one of the things maybe we have in common then because I would often be able to stand, sit in a cafe on my own and just watch people walk down yeah. the, the, the street or whatever and yeah. imagine what the dynamics between two people's relationships are. I love doing that. I used to love Absolutely. sitting on a bus or a train seeing the backs of people's heads and watch them talk to each other and wonder who's, who's who, who in the relationship. I always, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I always yeah. like that. And it's nice. I think I have some sort of skill in that I can get the kind of sense of a person quite quickly mm. so it's it's handy to have when you want to make characters out of someone or you see someone walk past and you're like that person works in this this is who they're married to this is where they live and it's easy to build a character around them I think yeah might be fake but and the odd time I've used you on Gift Grub on the Ian Dempsey breakfast show yeah. and I've been delighted to do that and we've it's we've, been amazing because I've literally been listening to Gift Grub since I was a kid oh thank you and yeah. we had all the CDs and everything and oh, then wow. the first character I did with you I rang dad and I was like dad I'm going to be on Gift Grub and he was oh. like what yeah, oh, that's so sweet. Exciting, that's yeah. that's sweet. But anyway, one of the one of the characters I've noticed that you're 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 good at uh, is uh, Kim Kardashian. And like, w- where did the whole idea of Kim Kardashian come from? Is that just from your love of entertainment, or would you have been addicted to the Kardashians? I kind of wouldn't have been addicted back in their early days, and it was kind of before they were like this massive global phenomenon. I just liked it to watch because it's good-looking people swanning around California spending their money on ridiculous shit, and I liked that. And then they kind of turned into a caricature of themselves, and I was kind of like, okay, no, not really into it anymore but the whole story of them they're such a phenomenon like there's very few people in the world who don't know who the Kardashians are and for Kim to have literally built a whole empire out of a sex tape it's some (laughs) of the most incredible business I've ever seen in my life she because she was Paris Hilton's stylist and uh, she did this sex tape and it was published and she kind of just said you know what rather than hide and cower in the background I'm gonna make a flipping business out of this and she has and she's probably 
the most famous person in the world at the moment, I would say. Mm. And uh, it's, they're a phenomenon. You can't not read about them or see about them or hear about them. They're absolutely everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I saw a documentary recently about her dad. uh, uh, Robert. uh, Or Bruce. No, the other one. Oh, Caitlyn Jenner now. Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you saw that on Netflix. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah, About his his Olympic background and everything. Yeah. And his uh, and his journey, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, but so she, you would find her, and and of course you would be in that kind of. I mean, I don't want to sound like an old fuddy duddy here, but you know, you're in that milieu in in the sense yes, of the age group, very much so. Uh, yeah. What I will say about the Kardashians, you can say they're empty and they're this and they're that and they're promoting unrealistic body types and blah blah. blah. As a girl growing up, all I ever saw was the Kate Moss types and the very very skinny thin models with no boobs, no arse. You just you needed to be skinny to be successful or to be good looking. And Kim was one of the first people that I saw uh, that had hips and that had big boobs and everyone was celebrating her. And it was kind of like, oh, this is quite interesting. So she pretty much changed the face of how we see beauty because before 90s, early 2000s, it was very, very thin. Um, clothes kind of had to just hang off you. Whereas now the beauty standard is kind of bigger hips, big boobs, tiny waist. I know it's not ideal to have, but she kind of just normalized it a little bit and kind of said, look, this is how some women's bodies are. And it, it kind of made me feel a bit like, all oh, right, okay. I know I look exactly like her now. It's terrifying. But <laughs> um, I will say that she has done a lot for body image for a lot of women. Mm. Uh, people will say that what she has is fake. But before she became super, super famous, she did have just kind of a, a very, very different body figure than we would have been used to seeing. And I think that's a lot of good for a lot of young women, I think. Right, so you'd see that she's had a positive <laughs> Absolutely, effect yeah. on, on, 100%, on the world. Yeah. And you've enjoyed doing her as a character or whatever, yeah? Yeah, so my sisters and I, from a young age, I was always the kind of the clown in the family. Mm. We'd be having dinner or whatever and they'd say, Pam, go up there and act around. So I think my first ever character I did was... Um, a Spanish guy called Enrique. And I think we were on holidays in Italy. I don't know why he was Spanish, but I just started speaking like a Spanish person one day and every day it was like this and everything was amazing. And you go, <laughs> like that. You go on the train and you go to McDonald's and you're going in the pool swimming and that. So it just, from there I kind of realised, oh, I can kind of copy people and sounds and this, that and the other. I started picking up things here and there and Kim from my sister and I just kind of came naturally. So she'd do Courtney and I'd do Kim oh, and we, okay. if we're driving around in the car we pretend we're in an episode of the Kardashians Brilliant. and just a bit of crack. Fantastic. Yeah. And do you know what I heard? I heard, uh, do you know Miriam O'Callaghan? I do. I believe it or not, I know it's a bit of a coincidence, okay. but I heard that Miriam O'Callaghan, she has a programme on RT called Miriam Meets. Yeah. And uh, do you know who she had on? Um, she had Kim Kardashian on the no. programme last Sunday. No, yeah. she didn't. I have a clip of it here. Wow. Have a listen to this. Miriam Meets on RTE Radio 1. Okay, welcome back to Miriam Meets. Well, I know normally we have um, guests like Christy Moore and Dickie Rock on the show, but I'm really delighted, genuinely humbled to be joined by Kim Kardashian. Hi, Kim. Hi, Miriam. It's incredible to be here. I feel so honoured. <laughs> I'm delighted to talk to you live from California. Mm-hmm. It really is an honour. Um, Kim, I'd like to start by asking you about your sister Courtney and Travis. Are they engaged to be married or what's happening there? Yeah, um, literally like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago they got engaged. But um, it's funny, when I got engaged to Kanye, it was like this crazy media storm and literally people are still talking about us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Courtney and Travis, anything, any news on them? Um, so, yeah, their engagement was like not dissimilar to my engagement to Kanye. Okay. Um, the photos and stuff, like it was kind of like a 2.0. Okay. And I just want to, you know, you have another sister, Kylie, isn't that right? I do, yeah. And Kylie, it was, it's true she's pregnant at the moment, which is great news. Yeah, she's... I, I've, been, um, I've been pregnant mm-hmm. 72 yeah. times, so... Um, that you have. Um, so Kylie is expecting her second. Okay. And when I was pregnant with my second, um, it was like this crazy media storm again. Okay. I wore that awful like floral gown to the Met Gala and like everybody just like still talks about it. And like I kind of became like an icon for pregnant women. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to the Met Gala sometime. I think you would look amazing, sweetie. The closest mm-hmm. we have we to could here style is a look. The, the closest we have here is the Iftas. That sounds is, painful. I don't know what that is. You don't have mm-hmm. any idea how painful no. it is. I wanted to touch with you, mm-hmm. Kim, on something a little more sensitive. 
Okay. Um, I like getting real because like a lot of people don't see the real me and they think I'm just like tits and ass, lip filler, which I've never had, by the way. Touche, same here. Yeah. I just, you know, real women discussing real issues and I love getting like deeper. I get that from Mm -hmm. the star every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to ask you if I could about the sex type. You know, um, I think my publicist actually flagged that. It's so long ago and um, it's not really who I am anymore. No, 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 no. I didn't actually want to ask you about your sex tape. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask your advice, maybe oh. off the record, if mm-hmm. you think it's a good idea for a person in the media like myself, maybe to consider doing a sex tape. Let me explain. I have a, a colleague his name is David McCullough mm-hmm. and he's well on for acting as my kind of, I don't know, tool in the sex tape. He'll just go up and down and I'll... <coughs> <laughs> anyway, the you mirror know, said they gave me 800 quid for it. <laughs> Money well spent. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining me. It's been amazing. And good luck with everything. And just when, if you're doing the tape with David, angles all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Another character that you love doing, um, uh, Pamela, is, or I don't know how long you've been doing, is Adele. And Adele, of course, is massive in the news at the moment. It's- I mean, again, we were just talking about Kim Kardashian, but this was... Uh, I have to try carefully here now. But this was a, a, a Adele was was famous for being like, you know, a bit larger than normal. Exactly, yeah. And then she went and lost all the weight. Went and lost all the weight. Now, she seems happier than ever, so I'm not going to hold it against her. But again, it was nice to see someone who was. And it, but the funny thing is, if you look back at her, she was never even big. She just wasn't real thin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's living that Californian life now. She's lost all the weight. She's gone out with LeBron James's manager. It's been a whole flip of her life but what she's, is it about Adele that's so compelling to people so what I find funny now is that uh, I feel as though she's kind of again nearly a character of herself because when I've seen the press she's doing for this new album 30 um, she's just a very exaggerated version of what she was five or six years ago now maybe she's just a little more comfortable in who she is and it's just how she is now but I think she kind of really leans into the Essex scale now or wherever she's from and it's just kind of like okay we get that you've that aspect and you're good crack and you're fun but I think it's a little bit pushed at the moment but um, she kind of is the opposite of Kim Kardashian in that she does her thing she releases an album she goes on tour she does press then she disappears Whereas the Kardashians are constantly in the news cycle over nothing. Whereas I think Adele has kind of hit that sweet spot in she does press when she needs to for her music. And then she goes. I can't even recall seeing her doing press or or, like, does she appear on Jonathan Ross or or not Jonathan Ross, but uh, Graham Norton? I think she's doing a lot of stuff in the States because she's based in L.A. now. Um, But I think, yeah, she'll do her little press round now for her new single that came out. Once the album comes, she's doing a special with Oprah, I think, Mm. which are probably a bit of a snore fest. But... She's a smart girl. Mm. She does it the right way, I think. Mm-hmm. And you admire? Very much so. Um, did you woman. hear about that? Did you hear about that tape that was leaked on the net? It's ringing a bell. What was it again? It's Why the Louis it? Walsh one. Oh, Louis. There was a pur- purportedly a phone call between uh, Louis Walsh and, and Adele Michelle. and she recorded it and somebody leaked it See, out. she's a smart girl, I told you. She is. And we have it actually on Let's the... I was giving it, yeah. Have a listen to this. Hello? <laughs> Hello, Adele. This is Louis Walsh. Louis, how'd you get my number? I got it off Simon. Simon Fuller gave it to Simon Cowell, and Simon Cowell got it from Simon Fuller. I don't know what happened, but I got the number somewhere. Listen, Adele, can I talk to you? Oh, fine, Louis. Do you know what? I'm no, really no, no, busy. No, 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 just give me five minutes, fine, please. Fine, Louis, spit it out. You're, you're such a huge star. You've done so well. I really, really think you've got potential, Adele. But listen, congratulations on the new album, but I don't think it's doing that well. I think you could have done better with this album. Do you know what, Louis? Are you mad? You're going to draw Go easy on me isn't a great song. It's not really punching through on Louis. the Pacific Rim. The Rim isn't buying it. It's not going that great. Louis, Pet, you're not listening. The album's not even out yet and it's number one. How are you going to top that? I don't know how you do that. How could something be number one without being released? Yeah, it's the power of Adele. I'm just telling you, you could do better in life. I can turn you into a superstar. You think you're a superstar. I can make you huge. I can make you go supernova. Give me a chance, Adele. Louis, I don't know what's in your tea this morning. Adele, Adele, (laughs) Adele, just give me a chance. I'm holding auditions for a girl band. 
And the girl band. And Vicker Strait. Joking, Louie. And Vicker Strait next Saturday. What's a Vicker Strait? Vicker Strait is in Dublin. Never oh, even heard of it. Everybody that wants to be famous is going to turn up and I'm going to create a new girl band. They're going to remind me of the young Bewitched. They're going to be huge. Adele, you could be in the girl band. Louis, please, I'm the biggest star on the planet right now. I don't need to be in a band, yeah? But you could be All my albums have gone to group. number we one. We could make you the skinny one and then you could go fat again and then you could go skinny again. We could give you a story. Your backstory is going to be so sad. Fat to skinny, skinny to fat. It's going to be amazing. Maybe this is outrageous. You're going to be huge. Somebody and then you're going to be take tiny. this phone out and of my hand. You're going to be huge Hang again. up on this Irishman, please. Please, Adele, give me a chance. Don't call me again. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That'll sound really good. <laughs> so listen, um, Pamela, we were talking about doing characters mm-hmm. um, and... One of the characters you do, and actually you did very well on uh, Dermot and Dave, was the character of Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of our listeners who don't know who Cardi B is out there, just explain who Cardi B is. So she kind of became a bit of a phenomenon about two or three years ago. Um, she was a very, very outrageous, outspoken, not afraid to just be sexual and get her boobs out and talk about dick and everything all day. Every <laughs> day. That's what she did. Uh, she rapped about it. And uh, she, from what I can understand, she made a lot of money very early on and then just kind of... She'll release a song maybe once every six months now. It's a bit lazy, but she's um, this bit larger than life character. She's from the Bronx. She's not afraid to speak her mind. She's absolutely filthy. And I love it. You love it? I love it. It's refreshing to see because even like on air, if I want to talk about like, I mean, yesterday we're talking about how women who wear two inch heels have a better sex life. And I was like, I can't say sex on the radio. I can't say sexual satisfaction on the radio. I can't say orgasm on the radio because, you know, I'll be a harlot. I can't. It's awful. Yet you said them all on the Mario Rosenstock yeah, podcast. Yeah, but it's you, Mario. Do you know, you're different. It's fine. You're one of the cool kids. But uh, with Cardi B, she's just like, yeah, I like having sex. I enjoy sex. Well, this is a massive, uh, this is a massive point, isn't it really though? Because what you're talking about is, is a kind of a revolution in mm. a way. This, I don't know. How to put it, because I'm not a, I'm not a woman and I don't purport to speak for women, but I suppose it's something it's a kind of a sexual empowerment thing. It's a it's a, it's a revolution. But it's, it's kind of um, a flipping. It's a 100%. Uh, it's a if you can do it, we can do it. And why shouldn't we do it? So for years, men have been singing and rapping about having sex and boobs and arses and this, that and the other. Exactly. I mean, men have been, as as I was saying to you earlier, men have been going, I want my love to your big, beautiful back, back side. I don't know if they're (laughs) going to say backside. You know, you got such a beautiful body, baby. And so like, you know, I said, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Never heard a woman singing that. No. Or it's like, you know, I want to make love to you. Or we're going to get down. Or Barry White and all that sort of stuff. And he's going, I'm going to get, you know, getting jiggy with it and all this sort of stuff. They're celebrated and they go to number one, whereas Cardi B's song WAP was barely played in the radio because now it's extremely filthy. But uh, there was a lot of backlash over it saying it's just herself and the other rapper Megan Thee Stallion being whores and it's just kind of shock value and that's why they're doing it. And it's like, no, they're talking about what they like. Yeah. If you want to write a dick, write a dick. Live your life. That's an interesting, it is, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Absolutely. Um, the The other thing we had a little chat about in relation to Cardi B um, Pamela was you were, you were kind of slightly reluctant to do her I was tell me that tell me about because that because when I first did Cardi B with Dermot and Dave I kind of it was very limited speech and it was more focus on the rap that I'd write or the comedy and the rap whatever and then we kind of developed the character a little more and I had more speaking parts and I was a little bit worried that doing a woman of colour uh, she's half Dominican half Jamaican I think um would land me in a bit of trouble mm. even though it's just an impression I can do an impression of Adele I can do an impression of any other white person but you know it's not like I'm poking fun at or making fun of mm. but I did get a little bit worried I think there was one comment that was a bit like oh that's racist you can't impersonate a black woman as a white woman mm-hmm. and I'm just like I'm just doing an impression though I don't know I felt a bit weird about it Okay first of all that's racist I mean that that, that comment probably well, based on previous history, mm-hmm. that comment ninety nine percent came from a person who isn't of color. Okay, because they were uh, by proxy becoming um, outraged on black people's behalf. That's what normally happens. In other words, true. You will find ninety nine percent of the time black people will go, "Of course, Pamela." Sure, and it was hilarious. Yeah. Pamela doing a, a thing, uh, uh, an impression of Cardi B. So this is what, what happens. The second thing that she said there was only one person text. Commented. Yeah, fair. Exactly. 
yeah, I'm just, and this is the problem with yeah, the world at the moment. Think, yeah. Everybody is, it's democ- the whole, you know, publishing is democratized. Everybody's yeah. comments are, are taken equally on board, you know, and that's not necessarily a good thing because no, yeah, yeah. you have to continue with your art and you have to continue with what you do as a person, whether writing a book or doing an impression. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that it's, it's an impression. It's a bit of crack. It's and it's not, not cultural appropriation. No, it's not derogatory. It's nothing. It's just having fun. Yeah. And I think that came across for, like you said, 99% of people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been through this argument so many times before. I mean, it went back to The Simpsons as well when Hank Azaria yeah. had to stop doing the, Apu, the voice yeah. of Apu. Um, and, you know, you get to a position where eventually somebody ends up going, well, where does it end? You know, and anyway, another an impressionist we I had on the show before, on the podcast before, Al Foran, an absolutely amazing impressionist. And he's uh, great, yeah, he is. He's, just, he's, he's really brilliant at, at the voices. Um, but his Eddie Murphy is hilarious. And his Chris Eubank and his uh, uh, Mike Tyson. Mm. You should hear his Mike Tyson. Now, nobody's more Bronx than Mike Tyson sure. or Brooklyn. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, just leave it. He's just sure. doing impressions of absolutely. everybody. That's yeah. all. Yeah. But anyway, apropos your Cardi B. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of coincidences happening on this podcast yes, because I love uh, listening to Pat Kenny every so often. Absolutely. For two reasons. One, he's been, I think, surgical and encyclopedic about the old COVID sure. thing for the last year and mm-hmm. a half. I think he, he actually knows more than everybody else now, really? than every ep- epidemiologist. It's Professor Pat Kenny at this stage <laughs> in NFET. And, uh, but anyway, the other day he has this thing he does with Paul Harrington about the lyrics mm-hmm. and he, he does a thing about the lyrics and I think he actually had Cardi B on the show no. yeah I, I recorded it for you do you want to hear it back please here we go this is News Talk welcome back to the show a huge reaction to the Luke O'Neill COVID numbers and we're delighted to say that we'll have Paul Reed in studio tomorrow morning now it's time for our uh, section on the meaning of lyrics, our weekly item. Cardi B is a famous rapper from the United States, hailing from the Bronx, would you believe? And she's made quite a name for herself recently uh, with such hits as, I can't uh, say them off the top of my head now, but why not go to the lady in question herself? She joins me now from the Bronx. It's Cardi B. Hello, Cardi. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. I've been talking about you and listening to you for years. You know, I'm a big fan over here in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely to make your acquaintance, Cardi, or if I may call you Miss B or Cardi B. Um, My full name is Belkalisa Mansar. Okay, I'll call you Cardi. Um, wonderful to talk to you. And of course, your lyrics have been hugely controversial. Down you know, you know, Pat. Um, I'm all about female empowerment. <laughs> and, you know, telling the truth, speaking your truth, and being honest. Okay, uh, and wonderful. And of course, truth and honesty are huge parts of the recorded music industry. And of course, the Electric Light Orchestra was one of my favorite bands, and as were Gorillas. But anyway, um, I have your lyrics here in front of me, uh, Cardi, mm-hmm. Miss B. Mm-hmm. And if I may, just. See what the lyrics mean, if you could possibly tell me. I would love that. I have your song here called WAP, or WAP, is it WAP or WAP? It's a WAP. W-A-P? Mm-hmm. Is it, do you say W-A-P? You, do you know what it stands for? No, I don't. So, Pat, basically it stands for wet-ass pussy, um, because like I said, it's reclaiming our sexuality, reclaiming women empowerment, and talking about the pussy all day, every day, mm. and um, especially when it's wet, it's better when it's wet, so I said wet-ass pussy, and you talk about it and you sexualize, you know, the men this time. Okay, mm-hmm. I take it we're not talking about cats here. So I actually heard through the grapevine that you like a wet ass pussy. So I thought this song is the yeah. perfect thing yeah. to talk yeah. about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I have the lyrics in front of me mm-hmm. to WAP, and okay. I would like you to uh, make head nor tails of them if you could. Head. Uh, the lyrics go thus: Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I take it this means that there are prostitutes in the um, establishment. Yeah, so when you... Um, <laughs> it's kind of saying, like, you know, we're, you know, we're slutty. We like to get dick. We like slutty. to do it every day. And we're not going to hide from it, you know? Because you, if you reclaim the word whore, you could be a whore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, it continues. It says, I said certified freak. 
Seven days a week, wet ass pussy, make that pullout game weak, woo, ah. Explain, please. So, you know, like, w making the pullout game weak is when you don't wear protection and you just, like, yank it out. Pullout, as in coitus interruptus. Yes, exactly. You got it. So just Maximus. before you're about to bust a nut, you pull it out. Bust a nut. Yeah. Okay. And then you're, you're not going to have any problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. You fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket. Bring a bucket and mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me, give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're now joined by Paul Harrington, who's going to do his version of wet ass pussy. Oh, Pat. How are you, Pat? There's some whores in this house. Some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I said, certified freak. Seven days a week. Wet ass pussy. Make that pullout game weaker and weaker. That was incredible. I can never listen to that song the same ever again. Oh, man. That was brilliant. <laughs> so, so, Pamela, are you from Galway? I am. Right. And Galway so, girl. Galway, when did you come to Dublin? Five-ish years yeah. ago. Still have no idea around the And is. you didn't work in radio before today, FM, did you? I did. Where did you work? I was in FM 104 for a year. Oh. On the Strawberry Alarm Clock. I was you? a researcher, yeah. Okay. And then I did a master's in broadcast production in IADT. Mm -hmm. And I actually did my placement for that in Today FM. Right. And just was like, yeah, no, I'm not leaving. Sorry. Yeah. And now you're full time on the roster in Today FM. You're doing the seven o'clock show. Yep. Enjoying it so far? Very much so. Brilliant. And um, actually, uh, you did a great uh, piece in a sketch for me the other morning because you did, um, uh, what was it? Nigella Lawson. Nigella Lawson. That was great. There was very good reaction to that. Yeah. Um, I have to say you did coach me very well. <laughs> It was the first time. Do, it was the first time doing it, and I was like, Ooh. and you just put me at ease, and you were like, savor every word, girl, and yeah. I did. Well, anyway, it's again a huge coincidence because uh, there's. Do you know the program, the six o'clock show? I do. Yeah, Karen Bird Coster Media. and Martin mm -hmm. King. Yep. Um, anyway, they usually have a cooking item on the show. They do. Guess who appeared the other day? It wasn't Nigella. It was. Stop. I swear to you. Ah, stop. It was. Oh, oh, welcome back to the six o'clock show at seven. Or is it the seven o'clock show at six? Or is it six o'clock show at seven plus one? I don't know anymore. Anyway, let's see what's going on in the kitchen on the six o'clock show. Uh, none of your scrubbers uh, today. None of this uh, low life uh, cooks. We have a real superstar in the kitchen. Oh, oh, we're joined by Nigella Lawson. Nigella, lovely to meet you. Oh, it's absolute pleasure to meet you, Martin. Oh, absolute pleasure is all mine. I can tell you that for nothing now, Nigella. So what are you going to do for us tonight, Nigella? Well, Martin, you see, I love meat. Right. I'm an unashamed meat eater. Are you? Yeah. Meat to me means the deepest of deep pleasures. I can tell that, yeah. And a sense of satisfaction. Right. If I go a week without meat, oh, I go a little bit gaga. Okay. In my hand here, I have a long shank of pork. I can see that. It's very long. Mm, I like the pork on the bone. Really? Do you? And as close to the bone as possible. Mm -hmm. Because the juices are sweeter there. Yeah. And you can tell by... Licking them from your fingers, how moist the juices from the hot, salty pork needs to be. Then I like to go at the pork with a rolling pin and just give the fleshy meat a good smack. Nice and hard at first, so that it's good and ready to be consumed. Mark. Martin, you're quite all right. Martin, you look a bit bothered. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, um, w when Patrick sent you a few notes and a few questions, mm -hmm. um, one of the things uh, he probably asked you about it was, you know, something maybe deeper about yourself, something we didn't know. And actually, he came up with something I didn't know about you at all, right? Now, a lot of us in this country, mm -hmm. you hear about mental health and depression. Absolutely. And we throw the, we throw the word, the, 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 D, word the D word around a lot. But you went there. Oh, yeah. You went there with my notes. Numerous times. 
Now, so I'm tempted to say, don't let me down. Uh, <laughs> in the sense, this is true, is it? Absolutely. All right. Not a fake do, do, are you okay to talk about 100%, it? 100%. It's not a problem. All right. So, so uh, let's just say then, so y- you have clinically suffered from depression? Yes. Uh, explain to me. Um, probably, I think on three occasions in my life, I have just been like, right, this isn't how one should feel day to day. And I think... Give me the background to it and tell me how you felt. First time, I think I was maybe 21. Yeah, so not in, your, had, not in your youth. No, uh, because mental health, I'd never, I'd never heard of, de- I knew depression existed, but I had no experience of it. Mm. Uh, so I was like, I'm grand, la, 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 la. And then I went to my Erasmus to Valencia. And the day I got there, the love of my life broke up with me. He was back in Ireland. And I just thought my life was over. Mm. And, and how long had you been going out with him? Only about seven or eight months, right. I'd say. But uh, I was like, I have to go on this Erasmus for three months. I'll be back then. He was like, yeah, everything's fine. Grant, don't worry. Day after I get there. Yeah, no, don't want to be with you anymore. And I was in a foreign country, barely spoke the language, didn't know anybody there. And I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. So I was probably the illest I've been over there. Um, I'd, I think I had to go to hospital for a couple of nights. Um, Why? Just because I, I was having panic attacks. I couldn't breathe. I didn't feel like I was safe in my own company. I didn't know what I was going to do. There was self-harm involved. And it was just, no, I need to, you know, admit myself for a little bit to be in someone's care. And then the doctors barely spoke English and they had to call my parents. And it was all very worrying. And um, I learned a lot from it, though, I will say. I don't want to pry too much, no, no, and so you away. can shut me down, um, like yeah. Kim Kardashian, if you want to. But no, but did you did you self harm a little? Not bit? a massive amount, but well, I did well, have. Well, a, what are you talking about here? I did little cuts on my arm just to kind of I've with a knife, scars, a razor, a or? razor blade. Yeah, I've tiny little scars that don't amount to anything. But Jesus. Uh, but it was just I was so I think I don't know if it was what I actually wanted to do or what I saw. This is what depressed people do. Hmm. So I should do it. You were um, kind of performing. I think it was performative. Almost. I think yeah, a little bit. I was so desperate for help and for someone to see me that I said, right, if I go to the hospital with cuts in my arms, they'll take me a little bit more seriously, or you know, they won't just be like, oh, this girl just broke up with her boyfriend. She's fine. In Give a sense, your personality was trying to say, look, I'm fucking sick. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And I think I I had no experience of depression or mental health or anything, so I was just like, life you, is over. Were you conscious it was happening to you? Um, I think. Two or three months in, probably I realised, okay, this isn't, uh, you're not, it's, you're not just sad about the breakup. You're actually. Sorry, are you saying that when you were 21 and you said, I thought you sort of said it lasted a couple of days. This lasted for a couple of months. Oh yeah. Not, yeah, probably three or four or five months, probably in the really, really bad depths of not leaving the house. Okay. Would just wait till my housemates left the house and run up and take the scrapings of whatever was in the food press because I had so much anxiety that I couldn't leave the house to do a food shop. I'd just sit in my room for days on end. Didn't go to college. Whoops. Um, And from that, in a weird way, I'm nearly glad it happened. It was really awful and really scary and, you know, would never wish it on anyone, but I learned so much from it. Uh, I'm far stronger in who I am from it. And I learned to recognise the signs of when things are going to start getting bad. So I've had three bouts of depression in my life. Uh, One was, the second one was maybe two or three years after that. Uh, I was in a job I really didn't like. And I started to realise the warning signs far earlier on. I didn't, I wasn't just miserable for two or three months and getting to the point of self-harming and locking myself in my room. A couple of weeks in, I was like, right, this is feeling a bit off again. This is how you felt when you were in Spain. Go and see someone. And I did that and I got my medication and I was only sad for maybe three months that time. Who did you see? As in what kind of a person? Just a GP. A GP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you and didn't receive cognitive therapy or anything? No, so I did a bit, of, I did a bit of therapy in Galway, um, but it petrified the living daylights out of me. Therapy? Yeah. I just didn't want to find out who I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Since then I have. Uh, but I think I was a little bit too scared of what therapy might bring up. So I was like, ignore it. It's fine. Just take the medicine and run away from everything. Um, but yeah, so I have to say that experience in Spain. Well, I don't think you're running away from everything. I've talked a bit about therapy on this mm. program. I don't know much about it. Uh, I remember talking to Brezzy for quite a while about it. And I think everybody's, in a sense, afraid to find out who they really Absolutely, are. Yeah. Even if it's not bad. No, it could be they wonderful. They just don't want to be faced with it, really. Yeah, and they I just, think it's kind of this notion of, you know, well, when I grow up, I will be this or I will be this. And then you realise I am growing up, but I'm not any of these things. And you start to panic a little bit. But, you know, you, you learn who you are through the experiences in life. And that's all you can do. Parts of you will 
probably keep coming out and developing until the day you die because you go through different experiences that bring out different parts of you. So uh, the girl that went into the first depression in Spain is long gone, thankfully. She was uh, very, very codependent, very reliant on other people to make her happy. Mm. And and saw her happiness through making other people 100%, happy. 100%. So a bit of a pleaser. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But uh, no, it's all about me now. It's it, it That's good. And, and maybe saying no a bit. Oh God, I think, yeah, there's this stupid meme that I see or quote, whatever I see people post it on Instagram all the time. But uh, it's realising that no is a full sentence. Someone asks you something and you don't have to say, no, I can't just because blah, blah, blah. Or no, sorry. You just say no. Well, that's actually, that's, that's useful it. for me. I'm a real no. person who will explain no, because you see, I've got this yeah. thing I have to do. Yeah. Or someone asks you to do something and you're like, okay, I need to make up an excuse before they call me, blah, blah. No. Yeah. Yeah, Don't want good, to. good move. No, yeah, good move. The th- was there a third time that it happened to you? It was actually quite recent. It was, I think, during the third, how many lockdowns? Now? The third lockdown between maybe October. Mm, no, not quite October. I'd say maybe February and June of this year. Uh, I think just the repetition of like day in day out. I was just getting up. I was on early breakfast at the time, so I was getting probably three to four hours sleep a day. And getting, and getting up in the dark. depress anyone. Um, and I was finished work by 7am. Would Weird. go home, sleep for a bit, get up. And all my housemates be working. They're all working from home. So I'd just be like, right, let's grant Groundhog Day again. I, You know, I'd start doing like little courses, learning French and whatever. But uh, I just found after a while, it was like, nah. I know. And, and I kind of felt guilty because that's well, everyone's depressed. It's we're in a lockdown. We're in a third lockdown. No one's doing anything. But I had to kind of just say, no, no, you're this type of personality that when you get sad, you get really sad. So you need to go and see someone. So I went back to my GP and she had been my GP the whole time. So she knew, right, this is kind of a cyclical thing. And again, this time I saw the warning signs even earlier. And I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, I said, everyone's really sad. Everyone's working from home. Everyone's in on top of each other. But I said, you know what? There's no shame or no fear in going in and just being like, I need a little bit of help for now. So back on my medication and went to see a therapist three times and he was lovely. And it was simply just literally just talking. We didn't come to any massive resolution. I'm not damaged because my parents are divorced or this, that and the other. It's just talking and talking yourself around to finding the root of the problem. And I think the actually early breakfast was I'm just a really, really bad sleeper. So I came to figure that actually early breakfast doesn't suit me because functioning on three hours sleep a day mm. is not good for you. And no. we've since fixed that. I've I've gone on to my evening show and it's wonderful. And I'm not saying today FM is the root of my depression. It's not. Mm. But uh, it, it's literally just talking it out and finding the root of it, fixing that. And Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, one of the, just one of the things, just an umbrella comment about all these things that we've been talking about. One of the things that I do think has happened in the last 10 years that's good is this emphasis on people who are, uh, who are sending out the message that admitting you're vulnerable in some way, there's nothing wrong with it. And mm. in fact, it's a sign of strength. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, as I grow older, you learn that, mm. that, that admitting, if you can, vulnerability is a sign of strength. Apologising is a sign of strength. Being able to look somebody in the eye and go, listen, I'm sorry about that. I whether, that it's a, whether it's a small thing mm-hmm. or a bigger thing. Yep. Apologising is a strength. You are a strong person. And I learned that as well by trying to imagine myself being apologised too. Oh. And I pictured the person that was apologising to me and I went, I think they're strong. Ah. And I went, well, then I'll be strong. Good. And I can apologise. Don't stick your head in the sand or stick your head in the air. Okay. If you feel you need that they're, you're, they're due an apology, you apologise. So anyway, that's, a, that's a, a good thing that's come out of all this stuff. Definitely. In, 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 for, in a few years. Um, how about, as, how about let's just ask you the gender question as being a woman <laughs> in broadcasting. What do you feel? like? Is um, it, is, do you think it's a good place to be, a better place to be? Do you think it's an improving place to be? Definitely improving. Would say definitely better than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but... There are certain obstacles that I think female broadcasters have to face that male don't and definitely vice versa. What do you think? But um, what, 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 what there'd just be like, you know, I'm in the middle of a show doing my job and a text will come in and be like, God, just Googled you. Would love to take you on a date. Let's go for a coffee. Are you serious? And like, I'm just trying Does to do, I happen? don't think Matt Cooper, Ian Dempsey gets these. Do you know what I mean? They do not. No. So it's just like, I'm just trying to do my job. I don't need you texting me while I'm doing my job being like my only value is that so they're you want to go on a date like Google me. like open Tinder absolutely and God I should be so honoured that they took the time to Google me and ask me out and aren't they 
aren't aren't you flattered that they I'm, liked I'm, you? I'm so lucky that they liked me enough to Google me and then fancied me enough to ask me out while I'm at work. I am a lucky, lucky girl. Do you know, stuff like that or just, I think people take you a little bit less seriously. Um, And as well for my sins, I do like to read forums every now and then just to see people's opinions Mm. on this, that and the other. And one thing that infuriates me so much is that people, no, naturally people are going to confuse, they can't, they're well within their rights to confuse myself and Paula McSweeney. Both have dark hair. Both we, both, we both have brown eyes. We both presented early breakfast. Both her names begin with P, whatever. <laughs> but like literally, God forbid, two girls would look slightly alike and their names would begin with the same letter because yeah. Pamela, Paula, how many are there? I can't keep how up. How am I supposed to tell how the difference? How am I supposed to know the difference? We're two very different people. I don't understand. And it's kind of like, oh, they're so alike. They're just churning out the same person over and over again. I can't help that her name begins with P as well as mine. Mm. I can't help mm. that I have black hair. And it's just kind of like, oh, they're all the same person. All the girls in there are this, that and the other. And it's just, I tend to just, like initially that would have got to me a lot. People saying, you know, oh, she's just the next Paula McSweeney, which I am takes a compliment. But uh, she's just kind of a, a machine has churned out another carbon copy of this presenter, this, mm. that and the other. And I'm like, you know what? If that's your opinion, go for it. Knock yourself out. I like my job. I like the way I do it. Mm. Fine by me. Yeah. It's weird. Mm. Um, and, I, and I do think people tend to comment a lot more on women's voices and both their voices and the content they do. So like, for example, Dermot and Dave might talk about sports. They might talk about tech. They might talk about this, that and the other because that's what they're into. And they'll mention their kids every now and then as they do because you talk about life and you talk about your inspiration from your life. But you will see if Mairead mentions her kids or if Paula or Alison mentioned their kids she's a mom did you know that all she ever talks about is her kids I'm like but that's what they're interested in that's their life that's what they know that's what they go through day to day so that's naturally what they're going to talk about but the lads have a lot more leeway with that because they kind of bookend it with sports and tech and this that and the other and it's like the women talk about so much more than that they'll tell one anecdote about their kids and they're slated because that's all they ever talk about Mm, yeah yeah point taken and also the the Inevitable question. How do you fit it all in with the family and everything? Absolutely. It's a wonder. <laughs> now, you're obviously, you don't Super have kids. Super single, no kids. Yeah, but... but all the time in the but, world. You know, they're, they're dying to ask you that question mm. once you get... If you ever do get hitched to somebody, yeah. you know, it'll be how do you fit it in? Whereas they'll never ask Ian Man. and Matt Cooper that. Yeah, absolutely. How do you have the time? Or, right. you know, you see female celebrities a lot being like, they just get married, you can have kids, this, that, and the mm. other. Whereas they don't exactly. ask the men that. Exactly. But, yeah. uh, Actually, speaking about the voice thing, if... A, a quite a well-known industry figure, mm-hmm. a very well-known industry oh. figure in radio, um, used to say nonstop. Um, of course, you do know that they don't like people don't like the sound of a woman's voice. Oh. This was an industry leader on radio, and but I think that's almost why. So that that was that's a, that 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 idea was pre, you know prevalent. Yeah. And you were told Now I have quite a deep voice So I think I'm kind of looking in that Like is it a girl I've gotten Hey Barry What's the crack I'm like who's Barry I know I have a bit of a deep voice But um, I think that does help slightly That I've kind of a deeper Raspier voice Mm. uh, Which I'll play along with it Mm. If it suits Mm. me I'll play along with it But it it is improving I will say that much But uh, there is definitely Massive gaps Yeah the first time I, I did a little sketch with you, actually, mm-hmm. was, um, you, I think you mentioned it already, it was the, you did Kylie Minogue, because mm-hmm. um, there was this infamous, um, infamous situation with Kylie Minogue and, and, and Leo Varadkar in the three arena oh, and meeting her and then sending her letters mm. and, and then wanting to go across the road to the Marion Hotel to get into her suite. <laughs> I think, unless I'm dreaming it. And uh, he became something of a stalker. And then, so I wrote this song, which was based on yes. M- Eminem's Stan. Stan. Excellent. And it's Leo writing... It's Leo writing Kylie a letter. Mm. Dear Kylie. And then you replied. And I think we might have a clip of it here as well. Dear Mrs. I can't get you out of my head. Sup? You laid up, sick, tired, in bed? What about my mail? My street cred? You know what, Kylie? I think I'm going to DM Beyonce instead. At least when she sings, she has her mic on. You call yourself a gay icon? She rocks. You know, I have a picture of you on one of my socks. Yeah, me. OMG. I show them to Justin. He's great. He's my mate. Unlike you, he's not disgusting. I'm sorry, Kylie. You're still my fave. I love all that stuff you did with Nick Cave. You know everything I do, I just drop. Just to hear one word from the mouth of the queen of electric pop. I'm sorry. My adrenaline is bubbling. I just want to go clubbing in a club with you in Dublin. 
He'd be back. I'm just hanging in my government car. We call it the Barat car. Mwah. So, so Kylie, yeah. And it's funny enough, actually, uh, Pamela, um, but again, uh, the, the people, there's, there's detectives out there. Oh, wow. They send me time. things every okay, so often great. on this podcast because yeah. they know that I like it. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, um, uh, there was something recent, I think in the last week, oh. something to do with COP26 or the oh, environment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, another phone call oh. was hacked. Wow. Uh, and lucky. it was, do you know who it was? Your friend. Kylie. Kylie Minogue. A- and? Leo Varadkar. Ah, stop. I'm serious. Hi, is it Leo? Yes, yes, this is Leo Baraker. Who's speaking? Leo, this is Kylie. What? Sorry. What is this, is this a joke? What? No, Leo, remember me? It's Kylie Minogue. No, no, no. Of course I remember Kylie. Jesus. Kylie, are you serious? This is Kylie. You, yes, Leo. You're ringing me up. What? what? Hold on. Shit. I know. I'm, You've okay. been ringing me nonstop for the past couple of months, and I've just thought, you know what? I'll extend an olive branch. Oh, oh, Carly, thanks a million. Oh, look, I really have. <laughs> yeah, so really, really you great. might remember I've actually moved back to Australia. No, I know that. I know that. I hope it's nice out there. Oh, it's amazing. It's so good to be back. Oh, but yeah. anyway, I'm ringing you because I've actually got a concert on Saturday night in the Sydney Opera House. Okay. Uh, and Well, brilliant. Wow. Is it new to her? Okay. Well, so, fantastic, yeah. And I've actually reserved two tickets for you if you want to come along. Are you serious? Yeah, deadly serious, Leo. What day? Uh, this coming Saturday. Saturday? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Oh, hang on. What's the problem? Shit. Uh, I was supposed to go to this COP26 thing. Uh, you know this thing? It's, uh, it's on in Glasgow. It's a save the, the world planet-y kind of thing. Oh, uh, okay. So you've yeah. got a prior engagement. Well, hang on. I don't know. Um, look, the Saturday, way... they both clash. Yeah, the look, way I see it, Leo, is yeah. you've got two options and you've got to make your mind up. What are they? So the first one... Yeah. Is you can save the world from burning down. Yeah. Or the second one is, you know, you come to Sydney, you come to Sydney and see me do spinning around in my golden booty shorts in the Opera House. I'll get the private jet and I'll be down tomorrow morning. Kylie? Yes, Leo? Can I take off my top? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. Pamela, that is the end of our conversation, and um, I'm I, I had a ball making sketches like with you. This was a therapy session. It, it was, was a bit. Let it all out. It we was. laughed, and uh, we did. We, we talked had about serious l- topics. Loads of fun, and we did we did about five sketches together. It was wonderful, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Bit of a pinch me moment, but thank you very much. Not Pam. at all. It's been a pleasure, Pam. Absolute pleasure. And thanks a million to Pam for joining me on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. The chat. I hope you enjoyed the sketches. Um, I'm going to repost those on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, thanks, of course, to Curry's. All details of how to win that fabulous 58-inch Samsung 4K Smart Ultra HD TV are in the show notes. Um, you can email me personally as well, mariorosenstock at gmail.com. If you want any comments about the show, tell me what's good, what's not so good, who you'd like me to interview, what sketches you've enjoyed, other ideas for sketches if you want. Um, and you can catch me on Twitter, um, at giftgrubmario. I'll be back same time, same place next week for another episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.